0: going on, guys. Happy Friday to everybody. It is Valentine's Day and I love you so much. And I want to just do a brief one today. And I'm going to troll you guys a little bit with the title, but we're going to talk about why you got to have a big butt. And uh, what we're going to actually be talking about kind of with it is why muscle mass is so important and why this is something that we need to be kind of aspiring to. And this is a conversation that I've had almost five or six different times. And I've been getting out. I've been doing different Different things inside the community. You know, if you guys don't know, when you open a new business, you got to get out, you got to meet new people and get out and get engaged and get involved. And obviously, I love all you guys so much. I can't wait to, uh, you know, continue to kind of get back into the swing of things. But in the course of these conversations, you get outside of our little ultra healthy bubble and we are ultra healthy. In the other day, through kind of some happenstance and some friends, I was invited to go to an event that was uh, discussing healthcare reform, and it was for uh, the Bloomberg campaign, and I was invited to come in and speak a little bit about preventative care, and took that opportunity. and It was very interesting for him, interesting to go and talk, and interesting to hear the stories of the people there. But almost every single person there that I had a conversation with about health and fitness had lost a bunch of weight, and they were very excited about that. But then they had kind of continued to do what they had done to lose weight. And so, you know, it's just like, well, I was, you know, on the treadmill for 30 or 40 minutes. So now I've got to do 50 or 60 minutes. And, you know, I was eating really clean. So now maybe I've got to eat less. Like they get sort of lost in this environment of not knowing where to go. And that's why we always talk about understanding the progression and why it's important to, you know, have a coach or have an expert, have a guiding light, have somebody who's understanding and aware, even if it's just a mentor who has done it and successfully done it for the long term to kind of continue to guide you because and this is a big statement I've been saying a lot lately guys what got you there isn't going to get you to the next step what got you where you are today if you're really proud of where you are it's not going to get you onto that next ledge up that next level into that next tier And you have to understand that to get there, you have to acquire new knowledge. You have to acquire more skills. You have to improve. You have to get better. If you are the same person you were a year ago and you're looking for a promotion or more money at work and you haven't evolved and you haven't changed, you haven't grown and increased your skill set, you haven't started doing more, then why do you deserve any more money? Why do you deserve a promotion? What got you to that job in the first place is not going to be the thing that gets you that promotion, you have to elevate. You have to move up, and it's the same thing when it comes to health and fitness. We get to this point, and it's like, yeah, you know, we we eat pretty healthy, and we exercise three or four days a week, and you know, that got us to this point where we can, you know, back squat one and a half times our body weight, and we can do fifteen push ups, we can run a mile in about eight and a half minutes, and that's great. Those are respectable numbers. That's fantastic. And if you're really happy there and you have a fantastic, you know, life balance with your exercise and that's all you aspire to, that's fantastic. Great. Just stay the course. Keep going. But if you aspire to that next higher level, if you want to ascend, if you want to keep moving upwards, what you have to think about is what are the skills that are going to be required for me to get there? And when we talk about weight loss specifically, there becomes this kind of bell curve point where you're going to kind of round yourself off. Right. And you're going to have diminishing returns with your weight loss. And the only thing that's going to kick you into that next gear is kind of counterintuitive to people who have engaged in quite a bit of weight loss. It's muscle building. And it almost kind of flips itself on its head where before when you were in weight loss mode, when you were losing 60, 70, 80, 90 pounds, you were in like cardio mode, you were in burn mode. Right. And, you know, I always uh, I like to uh, if you guys listen to the podcast, you know, I like to equate things back to finance. That's like you're like, hey, I'm going to I'm going to cut my spending down. okay. But if you cut your spending down so much to where like you're not spending more than like 50 cents on food and you're doing all these things like you're going to get to a point where it's not even helping you anymore. It's not even like the you know, hey, I saved an extra 76 cents this month. Oh, baby. Compound interest. That's going to be worth like $8 60 years from now. And so at a certain point, you know, and you're going to be pretty unhappy if you're nickel and diming that much. And it's the same thing with weight loss. If we start to get to this point where like, well, we're, we're running and we you know, we're doing all this stuff and we're just going to keep doing more and keep doing more. And like, now we're up to an hour and a half of cardio, six days a week. And like, we're barely eating anything. And we're sitting there like, and I just can't lose weight. I don't know what's going on you've hit the point where you need to start asking a different question. You need to start looking at the problem differently. And muscle mass is how you kind of fix that. The right question is, you know, what is going to take me to the next level? What is going to get me, you know, a higher metabolic rate is the right question for the long haul. So I have that compounding interest of burning calories while I sit on my butt and do nothing so that I can start to eat a little bit more healthy food still, right? But eat a little bit more so I can increase my metabolism, fuel my body and build muscle so that my nutrition starts to work for me instead of being something that I have to avoid or something that I have to like put into this scarcity mode that maybe quote unquote worked, maybe worked for the weight loss, but will not get you to that next level. And this is very true when it comes to weight loss, but it's also true on the opposite end. When we start talking about performance, we start thinking about, you know, if you guys have been lucky and you're kind of like me where, you know, you were set up with either really good genes and good metabolism, which I think is, is me when I was young, or your family had pretty good, you know, healthy nutritional habits when you were young as well. And you really haven't struggled with being overweight in your life. If that's you, that's fantastic. But the, it's no it's no different, right? Your your problems are going to be one of the same. And what it's going to look like here is we're going to start to get to this performance level and whatever it might be, whether you're doing marathons or you're doing powerlifting or you're doing Olympic lifting or you're doing CrossFit or you're doing whatever, it doesn't matter. The answer is still going to come back down to you have to run through, as Greg Glassman would say, the fundamentals with the fine tooth comb and you have to get stronger there. And so we think about with this and the reason why I say you got to build a bigger butt is, well, your butt and your hamstrings are a gigantic chunk of muscle. And so what you can do is you can kind of start to look around and you start to see like, you know, I'm lucky to have a lot of really big butts around me. And when I look at that, I look at people who have started to understand the long tail of health and fitness. Right. I see people who squat, who build muscle, who put on size, who understand that, you know, having a bigger butt is not only long term health and wellness and development, but it's also going to make you harder to kill, right? It's going to keep disease away. It's going to make you stronger and more powerful from your central place. And these things, these stabilizers, when we really start to look into a lot of these people I've been coming into interaction with over the last little bit, usually that's where we're struggling, right? Maybe they're collapsing their arch, right? They have a really, really rough time externally rotating their hip. They've got bad backs, They aren't stabilizing from the right places. They aren't stabilizing the right way. They're maybe plateaued on their weight loss. And if they were to develop a really good squat pattern, fantastic split squat and lunge, mobility and strength, what they would see is those plateaus, whether they be performance or whether they be weight loss or whether they be health and wellness, they would start to get fixed. And so in this weird kind of roundabout way, we think about the goal of building stronger, bigger hamstrings and butt muscle butts, as you might say, we think of that goal as sort of indicative of a higher level. And so I think this is an oversimplification, obviously, but the concept of understanding that at a certain point, we're going to kind of hit this plateau. And with that plateau, it's going to come the necessity for us to kind of think back and ask a different question. And that kind of concept of understanding that I have to ask the right question before I can look at the problem the right way. Because I'm having this conversation about weight loss with people, and you can tell that like it literally is blowing their mind to have a health professional tell them that the reason they're not losing weight is because they're not lifting weights. They have this moment where you just like shattered their assumptions. You shattered their beliefs. You shattered everything that they knew or they thought they knew. And like you watch people and they go through this moment and they're like but that can't that can't be right. That can't be right. Right? Like treadmill for hours cutting calories like that's how you lose weight that's right like that's what I've always been told and that's what's worked for me up until now was I cut calories and I ran a ton this guy he can't be right there's no way and I'm gonna play you guys a fantastic clip the other that I listened to the other day it's a little bit weird because the guys are kind of hyper intellectual who are having the discussion, but it's about Elon Musk. And it talks about the discomfort of coming face to face with your assumptions, with your reality.
1: I have taken away from your time working with Elon Musk, working at Tesla, which is known to be a place of... Chaos innovation, craftsmanship and all I really like the way he thought. Like you think you have an understanding about what first principles of something is, and then you talk to Elon about it and you, you didn't scratch the surface. You know. He he has a deep belief that no matter what you do is a local maximum. Doing interesting work that's both innovative and let's say craftsman's work on the current thing is really satisfying and it's good. And and that's cool. And then Elon was good at taking everything apart like what's the deep first principle oh no what's really the, no what's really you know you know, yeah. you know that that you know <laughs> ability to look at it without assumptions and and how constraints and that's super fun and he's into it too like when they first landed two SpaceX rockets to Tesla, we had a video projector in the big room and like five hundred people came down and when they landed everybody cheered and some people cried it was so cool yeah right but how did you do that well it was super hard and then people say well it's chaotic really to get out of all your assumptions you think that's not going to be unbelievably painful and is elon tough yeah probably the people look back on it and say boy i'm really happy i had that experience to go take apart that many layers of assumptions Sometimes super fun, sometimes painful. So it could be emotionally and intellectually painful, that whole process, just stripping away assumptions. Yeah, imagine 99% of your thought process is protecting your self-conception. And 98% of that's wrong. Yeah. Now you got the math right. How do you think you're feeling when you get back into that one bit that's useful? And now you're open and you have the ability to do something
0: different. And that conversation, that ability, that understanding, that belief that you can do something different, that challenging your beliefs, challenging your belief structure. It's one of our house rules, and it's something that I've started to pay quite a bit more attention to this past year. But as we start to look at our health and fitness, we really have to start to think about what are the assumptions we're making, what are the beliefs that we have because of our culture, because of the culture of friendship? Like, what are the beliefs you have because of, you know, how I found CrossFit 12 years ago? And you have to, like, start breaking that stuff down. You start thinking about it a little bit differently. And it is it's it can be painful because it's a belief structure. It's something that, um, you know, you enjoy and something that a lot of our self-conception, as they say, a lot of that belief is things that we've started to identify with and associate with and when he talks about it being painful well that's where a lot of these people specifically with weight loss come in is they've associated with they've identified with the success of cutting calories and of losing weight and of all the rhetoric and all of the media and all of the companies that profit off of that and have that discussion and communicate that ad nauseum all the time and nobody Outside of like us and a couple other people, nobody's sitting there actively trying to challenge that assumption, at least not publicly or at least not with a large voice. I mean, they put Biggest Loser on like NBC, I think, for years. That didn't challenge the assumption that pushed the narrative forward. It made it worse and there's no discussion on the backup no no other show no retraction no hey guys listen uh we got that all wrong everybody's like way worse off than when they started sorry about that and That assumption, that belief, when you start to break it down for people can be very challenging. And when we, you know, now we have a very consultative introductory process where we sit down and we have a discussion. And obviously, you know, the vast majority of people who want to get started are, you know, what I would say is, you know, pretty normal people. We don't have to break down major barriers or major assumptions with most people. But I would say one out of every 10 or so are coming in with some really preconceived notions about all kinds of things about, you know, weight loss and what CrossFit is and weightlifting and what's dangerous and what's not and what's going to get me hurt and what's not. And they have this unrealistic view of things. And, you know, one of the things that's always been interesting to me is how many people will come in. They're on prescription drugs. They have chronic disease. They're borderline obese. And they're telling me that, weightlifting is dangerous and they don't want to do it because of that and I have like a little bit of like a brain breaking moment where it's like it really what's happening is I'm trying to figure out what is the best angle to basically break it to this person that their entire belief system around health and wellness is wrong and it sort of needs to be Fixed for lack of a better way to put it. And, you know, it's like, it's, well, you know, is weightlifting dangerous compared to, you know, being on blood pressure, antidepressant medication for years on end? Is it, you know, as dangerous as obesity? You know, I don't, there's not many people that weightlifting kills and obesity and chronic disease kills hundreds of thousands of Americans every year. So how are we viewing? danger, right? And this conversation about assumptions is super interesting when we start to think about body image and, you know, specifically in women and men as well. And there's a lot of assumptions there. There's a lot of insecurities there. And you know there's and we i mean Maria and I deal with this as well there's things that you know i think on my body and she thinks on her body that like are are not great or unattractive and there're things that I love. And there's things that she loves. And it's not like, so we, we sit with these preconceived notions because maybe someone in high school made fun of something once or said some comment or, you know, movies and TV tells me that I should look like this. And then I could be a movie star or I could be a swimsuit model or I could be this or I could be that. And the person you're with, they don't care. Like, they might even really like it. And yet, because we have that assumption, because we carry that belief and in insecurity with us all the time, then we're really not like free to just kind of be happy with things. And so, this is kind of where I'm thinking about uh, and where I'm going on this Friday with kind of talking about understanding where our assumptions are and being free to just kind of be challenged. And I have come face to face with this multiple times this week for myself as well. And what I find is if you're not free, if you're not open minded enough to be challenged about something, to have open discussion, to actually take a step back and say, huh, that's interesting. I wonder if the last 15 years of my life of this thought process could be based on an incorrect assumption. That's scary. That's real. That could be really scary. Right. And, but it should also be exciting. And that's the other end of it. If you can get there, if you can accept that 90% of the things that you believe are wrong, and everything that you identify with could in some way be based in something that's a fallacy or that's incorrect or that's just made up, it's fabricated, it's not real, it's in your head. Right. It's a fugazi. It's a fugazi. It's, you know, whatever he says in uh, the Wolf of Wall Street. So I hope this gives you guys something to think about, something to ponder over the weekend. And, you know, we've got a goal today and we've got something to take away when somebody challenges you or says something or maybe, you know, bring something to the front of your brain. Pause for a second. Take a second. Say, huh, you know, could I be wrong? Am I wrong here? Is this wrong? is my, am I assuming something that's not real and challenge yourself a little bit, right? See what happens. And if you can get to that place of open-mindedness and you might not be able to, and a lot of people on the things, you know, the more long-term the belief is held, the more, you know people or resources that you think have confirmed that bias or those assumptions, the harder it's going to be to break. Or as they say in that clip, the more painful it's going to be to break. And it's painful because you've made life decisions maybe on that, right? You think about these people losing weight. Think about people who continue to spend hours and hours and hours away from their families on a treadmill, cutting calories, unhappy with what they're eating, Unhappy with the amount of time and effort and energy they're spending on this just to lose some weight and they're wasting their time they're spinning their wheels like that's a tough thing to say well shit that sucks because i've spent a lot of time doing that and so if we have that reality though the only thing is like you know, yeah, the best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago. Okay. The best time to figure out how to, you know, effectively lose a hundred pounds was it was 15, 20 years ago. The second best time is right now, right? And you can live in the past all you want and you can sit there and you can linger on those things and the wasted time and the assumptions and kick yourself for it and all that stuff. Or you can just be open-minded to trying something new, to listening to somebody to listening to somebody who knows more than you and having that, you know, little moment of, oh shit, I never thought of it that way. I've never looked at it that way. I never even contemplated that maybe my entire belief system around this one thing was because of something that happened 25 years ago or because of somebody or something in my life that just kind of kept reiterating that point. I never really sat and I never really thought about that way. It's interesting. So I hope you guys have a fantastic Valentine's day and I hope you guys know that I love you and I hope you guys uh, are kind of dialed in for a fun weekend and we got February is a fun month I think because yeah we got some crappy snow and you know everyone's getting a little bit down on the grayness and there's a lot of sickness going around so you guys might have had to stay in a little bit and maybe take it easy for a couple of days but that's just going to make it so so sweet when in April the spike ball tournament comes to columbus ohio and we can get on that court in sun in grass sunglasses on shirts off let's go start getting excited for that so have a great weekend guys